to Buffalo Springfield 1983, an excerpt from my 26th published on Amazon book, Hollywood Sojourn, and my 23rd podcast. Ten years ago, when I was 38, I was renting a hole in somebody's basement in Toronto with my beloved dog, Sasha. Coming and going, day or night, every time we went for a walk, some wacko down the street kept playing Buffalo Springfield over and over and over ad nauseum. It got so I was afraid I'd actually run into him one day. The core of that fear stemmed from my awareness that each generation's musical tastes and garb become the next generation's guffaw. Anyone my age, lingering in the 60s, despite a paunchy and balding middle age, becomes, by definition, an embarrassment to us all. Someone who, somehow, negates the beauty of what was by dragging it kicking and strangling from the grave and making it hop and twitch in an awful parody of youth. My worst fear, naturally, was realized one day when I heard a particularly awful rendition of a former favorite of mine magnified in quadruplicate at the same time my dog decided, pregnant or no, to set up a nest underneath his porch. Unable to coax her out from under the sidewalk, I was compelled to approach his open doorway prior to dragging her out by the scruff and I made the all-too-human error of looking inside, where a ghastly sight arrested my eyes. Three slim, long-haired, youthful, surrogate hippies in bell-bottoms were lined up in a row desperately trying to keep up with a balding, paunchy, living legend from that long-defunct band, whose virtuosity, when it came to playing that one album over and over and over, was undeniable. Their fear of him, and their adoration, was as palpable as my shame and humiliation for us both. Mired in the same groove at a destitute forty that he wrote as a wealthy and famous twenty, compelled to teach guitar to untalented, hopeless dreamers, I couldn't begin to decide which of the seven levels of hell he was trapped in, but I pray to God it was the lowest of the low, because no soul, however damned, should have to endure a greater torment than he was experiencing at that moment. Without missing a flawless note, his fingers dancing on the singing strings, he intuited my presence, and his plump, perspiring noggin slid round greasily on the rolls of his neck till we stared deeply into each other's souls. I cannot say what he saw, but I saw a monstrously thwarted ego screaming with rage and despair. Dante's Paradise Lost leapt instantly to mind, and, seizing my baby by the scruff, I dragged her away, cursing blind Milton's acumen while ignoring her outraged yelps. In four months, I'll be 49. I've never sold a painting, sculpture, cartoon, novel, teleplay, or screenplay, despite the fact I'm a master of all those genres and more. Not only have I never sold anything, I've never had what one could even remotely call a hearing. Two months ago, my beloved Sasha died in my arms, a nonagenarian. After 14 years of living, breathing, eating, and sleeping with her by my side, she is no more. I know what loneliness is. And I know what poverty is. And I know a little of what hell is, too. Hell is teaching Buffalo Springfield tunes to surrogate hippies when everyone else is slam dancing.